You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. But what about those small business masterminds who succeed at making their money work harder? They do that by having a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, which now earns 5% annual percentage yield. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. This is the Bloomberg Business of Sports show, where we explore the big money issues in the world of sports. I'm Scarlett Fu here with Damian Sassauer. Michael Barr is off for this week, a much-deserved break. The FIFA World Cup is coming to a close with the final set between Argentina and France. And despite being eliminated earlier on, Team USA, the U.S. men's team, did better than they have in recent memory. Yes, the sport's been growing here in the U.S. And as a matter of fact, ahead of the World Cup, we spoke with the gentleman who's played in four different World Cup tournaments for the U.S., Demarcus Beasley. Demarcus told us that the future is bright for soccer in the United States. It's all about player development. You, know, you got guys like Wesley McKinney, uh, Gio Reyna uh, from the NYFC uh, City Academy, uh, Tyler Adams. Uh, he's 23. He's our captain for this World Cup, and he started in the in New York Red Bulls Academy. So you're starting to see that that investment pay off, and I think that's great to see that we have such such young talent coming from America and coming from MLS. Demarcus Beasley on the Bloomberg Business of Sports show just ahead of the World Cup. You can listen to that full conversation on the Bloomberg Business of Sports podcast wherever you get your podcast. Okay, but we have to talk about this year's cup, right? And talk about the state of soccer, football in the U.S. No, soccer, because we're talking about the U.S. right now. <laughs> so let's bring in another star of the sport, National Soccer Hall of Famer, Bruce Murray. Bruce, welcome to the Bloomberg Business of Sports. Oh, thanks for having me. I appreciate it, Scarlett. So great to have you on. I've got to ask you, Argentina and France in the World Cup final, seems like they were kind of destined to find each other here. It was it was really uh, complicated. I mean, from the first game when Argentina got, you know, here we go again, Argentina's not going to, Messi won't live up to expectations. But here we are, um, you know, a month into it at the final, and here's Messi carrying the country on his shoulders. And, you know, this... This is such an amazing moment for, for, for a man uh, who plays the game the right way. And he doesn't, you know, he doesn't whine. He gets back up after he gets kicked. And, and it's, it, it would be amazing for me personally to watch Messi uh, lift the trophy because there's so the expectations of uh, Diego Maradona, the previous generation where he carried, you know, he carried the, the country's hopes and actually delivered. If Messi could pull that off, it would be an amazing story. Hold, hold on, Bruce. Are you talking about flopping? I mean, I thought flopping was an art form. I thought that was part of the. I'm just kidding. No, I can't stand it either. But let's talk about let's talk about Paris Saint Germain. Let's talk about PSG. Let's talk about the representation of people like Messi and Mbappe and Hakimi yeah. and how they have managed to rise to the top here. I mean, so what are your thoughts here? If you had to pick a team, I mean, we've got RG France coming up. I mean, we do we think uh, Messi in his fifth appearance that he uh, he finally gets it? You know, it, it, it's 
such an unbelievable talent uh, on both teams. It, it, you know, it, it's almost like the game will will get stuck in a bit of a quagmire, like because there's so much talent here. Everyone knows if I if I try and do something extra or I do dive in, that that I'm going to get roasted on the other end. So you may find a little bit of a chess match, um, but but as soon as a goal scored in the final, uh, assuming a goal scored, uh, you know, all <laughs> everything changes. Loose. Yeah. It, no, no question about it. And with with the talent you have on the field, uh, anything can happen. We talk so much about Messi, Mbappe, but who are the other players you are keeping an eye on? Who could play a big role here that you know maybe is kind of under the radar because the focus will be on the biggest stars? You've got Griezmann, who is really uh, coming into his own in this World Cup. Uh, you got to watch the French team on free kicks because they got a lot of size. They got Thuram. They got some big boys. Uh, you know, coming up from the back, uh, and so that's going to be an issue. Uh, I would also say um, that Argentina has all these young guns. Um, you know, the, the kid that's scoring all the goals now. Uh, you've got you've got guys everywhere on the field from Argentina uh, who can who can score. And so, uh, you know, Messi is not the only person. The only uh, this this Messi team has a big uh, crew of uh, support behind them. Uh, and it, you know, like I said, anything can happen, but uh, it's going to be really interesting. I say, I say, keep an eye on Griezmann for France. He's going to be uh, a real danger player, and obviously Mbappe and, and and all the other ones. Now, Bruce, I mean, you know, going back to your career, I mean, you were the all-time leader in both caps and goals for the U.S. before, you know, obviously the 1990s. But you know, what you were really known for with those wicked free kicks. Now, I know that's different than a penalty kick, but I wonder if you could just share some of your thoughts with us on, you know, some of these missed penalty kicks, you know, when it matters most. I'm talking Harry, Spain, I'm talking <coughs> Harry, Brazil. Harry Kane. Uh, yeah, yeah, well, mm-hmm, Harry Kane, exactly. I didn't want to mention England. But, you know, I mean, just talk to us about, you know, the importance of penalty kicks. How, as an athlete, do you prepare for that at this stage of the game? I never, ever once was the guy who was like, oh, what's going to happen if I miss? I didn't care. I just went up there and just smashed it home. I picked I picked the spot. I never gave my eyes would never give away where I was going. I would just keep my head down. I knew where I was going and then bang and and I would execute the play. I think now penalties have gotten to the point where guys are trying all kinds of tricks and they're they're outsmarting themselves. You you saw it the other day, you know, Harry Kane and yeah. and you know uh, you know that ball's still flying down the highway. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's, 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 so, you know, uh, I say pick your spot. Don't give it away. Trust yourself because the distance versus the goalkeeper's ability to get there is is, is the, all the um, all the um, the probability is with the kicker. Uh, you know, just execute the play. And uh, I think I think you get all this craziness now where guys are trying to outsmart themselves. There's a dance, there's a hop, there's an Irish dance up to the ball, and the, it's crazy. Just go out there and smash it home. If you watched Lionel Messi hit that penalty the other day, that thing ripped the yeah. net. I mean, he crushed it. Yeah. I mean, Scarlett, no more Penancas. <laughs> no Penancas. Forget the Penanca. Go smash it. Well, Bruce, you are the athletic director. You're the head of soccer at Accelerator School. You know, the Bruce Murray Soccer Academy. You know, you've, 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 you've trained many, many U.S. athletes. Talk to us. You know, as we look ahead to 2026, when the U.S. is actually hosting the World Cup, you know, talk to us about the U.S.'s chances there. I mean, are we um, are we expecting big things? Can we can we see some improvement over this year's? You know, kind of. I mean, look, we we made it through the you know we we kind of made it through the group stage, but you know, it'd be nice to go further. I mean, what what are your thoughts for the U.S.'s chances if we look ahead? It's a great question, and U.S. soccer fans have a lot to look forward to. This generation. 
will just be coming into their prime. So you got your Pulisic's, your Reina's, um, you've got your Aronson's, you've got Sergio Dessa. You've got all that happening. And now you've got this whole new group that's coming through. Um, and, you know, will we find the nine? Will we find the two center backs that we've always been looking for? Yeah. Is You know, we have all these pieces now, and now we can add luxury to it. So, um, you know, and if you looked at our group stage um, performances, we were the better team against yeah. England. Now, again, what was England doing? You know, I, I don't know. They look scared to me. I've played England twice, but, I, you know, it's unbelievable to me to watch us go toe-to-toe with a world giant in England. And Yeah, we won the middle third there. I agree with you. There's no doubt about it. And if we had a if we had a goal score, I think that's the one thing. And so I've always said this, um, Damon, is is if we could, if, if, if we should have known earlier that we didn't have that number nine, that big strong player up top. And if that's the case, then you have to go to a, a little bit of a three man wing system up top. So in other words, you have three players up top who just can go wherever they want, and the two banks of four behind them defend. And you know, and and I feel like in that sense. The U.S. didn't get it right, but, you know, um, Liverpool plays that way, right? They don't have a big, strong guy up top, mm-hmm. so they have three wingers that run around. So, um, you know, again, that's something that we have to either find or develop, and then the two-center-back uh, issue is, is a big issue. But but the amount of talent that's going to be coming through in the next four years is unbelievable. And, and you know, this World Cup, you know, Qatar's done – I mean, everything has just been amazing. The proximity of, of the stadiums, that's going to be an issue that – um, the hosts are going to have to talk to the host of, of our World Cups. You know, they're going to have to build in new, new travel days, um, you know, play a rest. I mean, there's no World Cup, you know, ever where we've had this kind of luxury of traveling, you know, uh, 20 minutes to get to the next stadium. Um, you know, it's going to be a lot different over here. So will they build in another travel day? Um, you know, some of the things that, that you know, that, that was very impressive here was, you know, all my friends that are over there right now, you know, and I said, well, what happened with the beer stuff? And they said, oh, no, you can get a beer anywhere you want. It's just you can't, you can't get one during the game. Um, I played at Millwall, one of the toughest places to play on the planet, and drunk fans are not a good, good sight anywhere. And so, you know, that might be something we learn, that when the World Cup comes here, drink before the game, drink after the game, but don't drink in the stadium. Somehow um, I don't think know, that's that, that, the, the lesson we're going to learn in the U.S. <laughs> You think you think Budweiser's going to go with that? I don't think so. Yeah, I, um, I think but, that's but, a lesson we will just ignore. <laughs> no, I was just saying that that I just think that um, you know this. I've just seen a great World Cup and just amazing games. Hi, I'm Ron Krzyzewski, Chairman and CEO of Stiefel Financial Advisors. If you're not growing your practice, you're losing market share. Stiefel is a growing entrepreneurial advisor-centric firm built for successful advisors like you. Imagine having the resources of the largest wirehouses and the support of the boutique shops, but none of the bureaucracy to get in the way of you serving your clients. At Stiefel, it's your business, your book, your clients. I always tell the advisors we're recruiting, I want you to come to Stiefel and double or triple your business. Most of them laugh and shake their heads, but I'm serious. Don't take it from me. Take it from Stiefel's number one finish in J.D. Power's 2023 U.S. Financial Advisor Satisfaction Study. So, there's a reason why 148 financial advisors joined Stiefel last year. Come join us and find out why Stiefel is the firm where success meets success. Visit www.choosestifel.com. Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. 
the people in the spotlight, athletes, actors, artists. But what about the people behind the scenes? You know, the ones who make it all happen. The lighting engineers, the sideline photographers, the caterers. They're small business masterminds. And if there's one thing they have in common, it's making their money work harder. That's why they have a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, where they are now earning a generous 5% annual percentage yield. Yes, 5% APY. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. As a parent, and Damien's a parent too, in the suburbs of New York, every kid grows up playing soccer. And youth soccer yep. is, you know, where everyone gravitates to when your kids are four or five. And then over time, yep. the ones who are good stay in it and move on to travel teams and their, their school teams. Everyone else kind of drifts off into other things. And a lot of it is because football has become, has, has more of a stigma now, right? It's dangerous. You can get concussions, yep. all of that. Yep. But there is a risk of brain injuries, concussions with soccer. And this is something you know pretty well. Yes. How yes. do you advise parents who come into soccer thinking that this is the safer sport? You know, there's no question that it's not a safe sport um, at that high level. Um, the impact, the velocity of the ball, all those studies um, ex-players, I, I've dealt with concussion issues and, and repetitive heading issues um, into my adult life. And um, we have to find a balance and a way to make it safe for children. You know, children should not be heading the soccer ball, bottom line. Um, a developing brain cannot be heading the ball. It's not. And, and so what we've done now is we've, 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 we've kind of knocked the age down to 10 or 11 years old where you can't head the ball at all. Um, now and as you go older, you can you can head the ball in certain situations. What is the, what is the final model going to look like? It, it's going to change. It's going to change. I don't know if it changes in the next four years for the next World Cup for for the for the for the adult men or women, but uh, something has to be done uh, because it is not a, a sport that is um, as safe as you know it, it's supposed to be. Um, you know, if you look if you look at the best players in the world, they never had the ball. Uh, Messi, you know, rarely do they had the ball. Um, you know, how many times do you head the ball before you get an injury? Um, how hard does the ball have to be coming in? All this stuff it needs to be researched. But the bottom line is, young children growing up do not need to be heading the ball. You know, the ball. Uh, can be played on the ground and everyone can have a good time and it's still soccer. Um, you know, let's figure it out for the older players as we go forward. But, you know, for these younger players, um, you know, I, I'd like to ban heading, you know, until at least 14 or 15 Maybe it's myself. like checking in youth hockey, yeah. right? You don't check until you're 14 or 15. Absolutely. Bruce, I have to ask you, you know, I mean, we've now seen, yep. we, we've seen, um, you know, the World Cup come to Russia. We've seen it now come to Qatar, you know, um, obviously playing in Qatar, you know, we, we've heard some of the stories about, you know, Budweiser moving its tents. We've heard about all of the stuff that goes hand in hand, you know, with that, when it shifts to the U.S., Mexico and Canada in 2026, you know, we hear about this all the time. The reason a lot of cities don't want to host the World Cup is because of the expenses tied to it. You know, I understand we have, you know, MetLife Stadium, we have uh, SoFi Stadium, you know, we have AT&T Stadium, brand new, modern, billion dollar stadiums, but you also have Arrowhead in Kansas City, right? So there's going to be some money that's got to, you know, go into getting these stadiums, you know, game ready in four years time. And by the way, that 
that's the U.S. I'm not even talking about Estadio Azteca in Mexico City, right? So, you know, talk to me right. about the amount of money that needs to be spent and whether or not, you know, forget about the U.S. maybe, can Mexico, maybe even Canada, can they, I mean, can they stomach this? Is this something to be concerned about? Yeah, it, that's a great question. Uh, I, I think in the United States of America, uh, it, it's something that, you know, is going to be able, it's palatable. Uh, we already have the infrastructure in, in all these big cities. We, ha- we have the modern stadiums. Um, do we have that in Mexico? No, but the two, the two areas they're talking about are, are the, the, the wealthiest kind of enclaves of Mexico uh, in terms of where they're going to put their games. Canada is the one that is a little bit, uh, you know, worrisome, I guess, because uh, most of the stadiums in these World Cups, uh, when, you know, once, once the circus leaves town, um, you don't have any real – if you look at Russia, I mean, they've right. got all these stadiums and they have nothing to do with it. Uh, I know Qatar has um, ways that they want to, you know, move the stadiums down to Africa they talked about or disposable. Um, you know, they, they, obviously that's another thing that they've done, I thought, in, in a good way that we can learn from in 94. But, but yeah, Canada is going to be complicated because it depends on, on how many games and where these games are um, because they don't have – what you call uh, an AT&T or a SoFi or MetLife. They don't, and, and it's going to be interesting. Uh, will they be able to, to stomach it, you know, in the economy? Yeah. I, I don't know. I think we already, we, we're kind of already built uh, for it, uh, which is why it's a little I, – I just don't – I couldn't figure out why all three of us got the bid, um, you know, because we had, the, we had the World Cup here in 1994. It was fantastic. You know, the country really got into soccer, and now everybody is into soccer. So it's not a case of, like, building the game in 94. You know, this is a case of, you know, every, every Tom, Dick, and Harry walking down the street is going gonna, is gonna to debate the merits of mm-hmm. Weston McKinney versus Tyler Adams. Mm-hmm. I mean, every, every guy who knows nothing about the game will know everything about the game when the World Cup comes here. So, you know, to have the three countries doing it, uh, I know they. I know they're they're doing it like Korea and Japan did in 2002. Um, I, I just don't know if if you know. Again, with the travel, um, you know, uh, I know the United States is going to get 80 percent of the games and 10 and 10 on the other side. Uh, but we'll, we'll see. We'll see. But um, to answer your question, um, I, I also have concerns about um, uh, Canada hosting, just in terms of what are they going to do and, and how much it's going to cost. Right. Right. I suspect um, part of having Canada. Mexico and the U.S. together as the host was part of the bid to make it more attractive um, just as a collective package. you got to yeah. make a call here. Argentina or France for the, <laughs> for the final? Who gets to hoist a trophy and how much are they going to win by? What's the score? Gonna and be? who gets the golden boot? Yeah. <laughs> so you have your, you have your, your betting uh, or your emotional side. <laughs> uh, sorry, you have your emotional side and your betting side. Mm-hmm. My emotional side tells me I want to see Lionel Messi. What yeah. a great yeah. dad! He has five children. Uh, he he gets up every time he gets kicked. Uh, you know he doesn't complain about making a hundred million dollars like Mbappe does. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so so for me, that's my guy. However, however, on the other side. We've got my mind and my betting uh, heart, which tells me that France is just has too much talent to wow. overcome. So that that's my prediction, which is right. no prediction. So France, <laughs> the first back-to-back winner since Brazil in 1958, and I think again in 62. Go figure. I mean, uh, at least the betting yeah, side, and, which is the only yeah, side that really matters and, to us. Poor here Leo at Messi. He's going <laughs> to go home and, and be upset now about $100 million. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah, but you know, you can't right. t- you that's can't right. tell any you can't tell any of the RJ, uh, uh, forget about Leo, but his team. You can't tell any of these young kids that you know not to uh, you know they, they're going to come in. They have no fear, so you know that that adds an element of uh, of uncertainty to the whole equation. But I, I I take your point. I mean, France is so talented. They're both so talented. It's going to be very. Uh, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be great football. It, it, it is, and, and and you know, just hats off to um, the Middle East uh, for hosting this event. It's been fantastic. Yeah. Um, all the controversies and everything. Uh, I think they've tried to deal with everything, and they, they've just done an amazing job. And I hope that our hosts can learn from this World yeah. Cup and they get together and, and, and because there's been a lot of uh, good that came out of this World Cup. Bruce, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for sharing your thoughts on all of this. And uh, we will, of course, be watching the Argentina-France final and uh, thinking of your prediction as well. Bruce Murray joining us here, Hall of Fame U.S. soccer midfielder and forward Uh, Also, of course, owner of the Bruce Murray Soccer Academy and athletic director, head of soccer at Accelerator School. This is the Bloomberg Business of Sports Show. We are here each and every week at the same time. Of course, we're also online on demand wherever you get your podcasts. Catch us on Mondays, Wednesdays and Thursdays for new content. I'm Scarlett Fu. I'm on Twitter at Scarlett Fu. And I'm at Sassauer on Twitter. And of course, don't forget to catch our podcast Mondays, Wednesdays and Thursdays across all your podcast platforms right here on Bloomberg Business of Sports from Bloomberg Radio. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.